Welcome to Grab Life Big. Grab Life Big. The exclusive podcast for healthy, wealthy, generous men who choose to lead epic life. Or as a few of us say, that as rich guys would do epic shit. And now, your host, that's Hybin. If this is empty, this doesn't matter. Bet you were home. I'm always home. I'm on tour. Me too. You're doing great, dude. The only true currency in this bankrupt world is what you share with someone else when you're uncool. This is my advice to you. I know you think these guys are your friends. If you want to be a true friend to them, be honest and unmerciful. Wrong Tribe Confounds, The Right Tribe Compounds. Get your free copy of the runaway bestseller Tribe of Millionaires, a $20 value at tribeofmillionaires.com free. Just pay the shipping. That's tribeofmillionaires.com. All right, good boys. Welcome to the Go Bro Room. I got my good buddy, my travel partner, Fellow GoBro, Mr. Casey Wright on the line. Casey, welcome to the GoBro room. Thanks for having me, Pat. It's good to see from see you and hear from you again. It's been too long. Yeah, I'm, I'm bummed that we're not going to Australia this year. We gotta we gotta oh. find a way to get together. Dude, we'd be like months away. Yep, that's crazy. I mean, yeah, we'll have to do a a, a smaller thing. Well, in December, I mean, you know, as soon as it gets colder, I think this people are gonna. I'll be flocking to these smaller trips. I know you're getting ready to do one with a couple GoBros in Boston, Massachusetts. I think that's, I think that's going to be the future for a little while. It's going to be these little mini in-out deals, you know? Yeah, I think so. You know, eight to 10 guys, uh, keep it small, keep it simple. Yep. All right. So uh, Casey, why don't you um, kind of tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Give me the story of your life from, uh, you know, the uh, day you were born till now in a couple of minutes. All right. Uh, born and raised in Northern California, small town called Danville. Parents were separated, so moved around a little bit. Have uh, two brothers, a half brother, and a half sister. Uh, my father and my grandfather were both in real estate. Um, however, they both passed away before I was ready to start my career. They they, they died when I was uh, my dad died when I was about twenty three, twenty four. So you know, went to Went to school for computer engineering, went crazy. I hated it. I just needed human interaction. I was good at it, but I just, you know, you sit in a closet all day typing code. It wasn't for me. So I switched schools, switched to business, went to Chico State with business major. Always wanted to get into sales of some sort. I wasn't even certain I wanted to go into real estate. I just knew that I wanted to have control over my income. I had jobs as a, you know, growing up where uh, it didn't matter how good I was at my job. It mattered how long I'd been at the company. It determined my pay. And I didn't like that. I wanted to be able to control my income. So coming out of college, 2008, got a job at Marcus and Millichap. Three weeks later, the economy completely tanked. You know, Stayed with that for a little while, didn't sell anything. Switched to another company, did uh, some retail leasing. 
um, you know, in 2009, 2010, still wasn't sure I wanted to stick with real estate because the economy was so bad, nobody could sell anything. And then I got an opportunity with another company in, in Oakland to do commercial mortgage brokerage. I uh, hadn't really thought about it. I just said, you know, let's try it out and see if it works. And, and I was good at it. I, I it combined my good mind with numbers with my ability to control my income and sales. So did that for about three years until 2013. Me and another gentleman left and started our own firm called the Rincon Group. And then in 2016, I bought him out and I've been running it uh, myself ever since. Um, so I've been, you know, been getting loans for people. I do, you know, all uh, purely commercial, uh, mostly investment, um, conventional loans, purchases, refinances. And I work with lenders such as, you know, conventional lenders as well as private money lenders and bridge lenders. And, um, you know, my value add is typically creative ways of financing. When the banks don't want to do it, I can find a way to get it done. So uh, I also invest in real estate. I kind of got into this to invest. So I've been buying properties and uh, that leads us today. Wow, that's pretty awesome. Uh, lots of questions, lots of more questions there. So how old are you now, Casey? 37. 37, okay. And uh, wow, and uh, so your dad died at 23. That, that sucks ass. So what, what, uh, how did he die? I he had uh, ALS, Lou Gehrig's oh. disease. Oh, wow. That's a tough one, huh? Yeah, it was tough, you know, but I was basically, I'm, I was raised as the oldest. I have an older brother, but he's handicapped. So I've been raised as the oldest. And when he died, I had, you know, a younger brother and a younger half sister and a younger half brother who were like 20, 13 and eight. So I just kind of didn't have time to do anything but step up, you know, and be there for them. So you know, my stepmom was still around and my mom's still around. So, so they had that, but you know, I kind of became the man of the house and uh, you know, you, it, it makes it easy when you don't have a choice, you just do it. Yeah. It comes natural. It's kind of like parenting is the same way. When people ask me about that, I was like, it just happens, you know, you, you, yeah, you, you just do it. it out. So. You figure it out. Okay. And then, so uh, 2016, you started your own company and then eventually or 13, you bought out your partner, and that's an interesting uh, angle to take. I think most commercial lenders, right? They want they and lenders in general, they work for another company uh, rather than starting their own. Tell me about that. Why'd you do that? Well, I, I started originally for another company that had uh, you know brokerage side, and then they had the lending side, and then uh, they actually merged with a bigger company, NAI, which is a you know a global company. So we had our lending arm that worked for them, uh, you know, but we were, uh, me and my, my partner, his name is Nils. We're still good friends to this day. We both worked for, you know, the bigger company. We both kind of realized that we weren't, you know, we were being underutilized and we didn't need this big house to be under to get jobs done. And we didn't like splitting with the house. So we thought, you know, they're not bringing anything to the table. We're giving them half of, you know, or percentage of our commissions why are we not just doing this on our own? So we, you know, we set it up and we set up our own corporation and we went out on our own. We, um, you know, hired new staff and, and went, went our separate ways so that we could control our, our income even more, not have anybody looking over our shoulder and not have anybody have to split with the house. Yeah. And, and, and so what asset class are you doing a lot of these days or do you like the best? 
most of my business is multifamily. Um, probably 60, 70% of my business is that, um, you know, the other 30, 40% is generally retail or industrial. Don't do a ton of office just because not a lot of it moves, but multifamily is always on the move. Um, lenders like it. It's simple. It's easy. You know, most of my business is in California, but I do go nationwide. Um, but I, you know, just based on proximity, most of my business here is here in the Bay Area. So. And where do you get most of your leads? When I started out, I was just cold calling seven days a week, you know, hitting LoopNet, hitting CoStar, hitting anybody who had a listing, um, you know, and, and making friends with brokers. So most of my business comes from brokers. Um, you know, when they get a client in contract, they tell them to call me. So uh, luckily, I've been to the point where I don't even really cold call anymore, luckily, because I never liked it. But, you know, it's a means to an end. And um, so now, you know, people call me when they get deals and, uh, and then I get them done. So I've got, you know, a, a stable of clients that I've built up over the years. I do a marketing every week. We send out a weekly email flyer to five or 6,000 people um, in the, you know, most of them in the Bay Area who are, who are either brokers or, or principals. Um, and that's usually how I get a lot of my business. And it's just, you know, it's referrals and repeat business. Awesome. Awesome, dude. All right. Well, um, let's get down to some nitty gritty on the, on the uh, one sheet question. So what about your horizontal income? Sure. Tell me about that. A horizontal incomes, uh, I think last year was about 135. If, if the coronavirus didn't happen, it would probably be up to about 150 this year. Um, but it's down. I've got, uh, I've got some retail that's just getting killed. Uh, I mean, we didn't make a dime in all of April or May. Um, we actually made a little bit in June, but we're getting hurt pretty bad on that right now. You know, some of the tenants that were struggling before are just, they're completely done now. Um, and everybody who was doing fine is now struggling, unfortunately. So, you know, we have done everything that, to keep tenants in place. You know, I'd rather not make money to keep them in place for a few months because having the vacancy is far worse than not making money for a few months. So for the most part, you know, we've been good about letting people slide a little bit, you know, giving them rent concessions. We haven't really rewritten any leases, but we have been giving concessions just so people don't have to, don't have to leave. You know, we yeah, want to keep them. Otherwise there. it could sit empty and it could be two years before you refill it. Yeah. And it'll, and we had spaces that were empty for, from 2010 to 2015. I mean, we, we really did. So. Me too. Me too. I got one now that's six years. I had a I had a coffee shop that was empty in my shopping center for seven seven years, going on eight years. You know what I mean? And then I gave the new tenant a free year. I mean, it's uh, it's interesting. I think you know what this coronavirus has done. I think to to small business entrepreneurs or wannabe entrepreneurs, it's going to make them think twice about opening a business that's non-essential, right? They'd be like, "Oh, I want to open an ice cream shop." Well. Is that really a smart thing? Where before, you know, it would be like a no-brainer. Like, everyone loves ice cream. Who doesn't love ice cream? Now it's going to be like... Ah. Yeah, we've got a gelato shop in one of ours, and it's, you know, they're really struggling. Nobody nobody goes and gets that. I mean, I've yeah, gotten ice cream and, you know... And <laughs> right, that. you know? You know, most of our businesses are things that are almost essential. You know, there's restaurants, there's liquor stores. You know, the hair cutter went out. We lost the hair cutter. We lost one of the restaurants... The subway, basically corporate told all of their subways just to stop paying. Yeah. And you can't negotiate. The corporate just said, yeah, don't pay. And we're talking to the tenants and the tenants are saying, you know, they're listening to corporate. 
Well, corporate's not calling the owners and negotiating. They're just telling them what to do. And it's kind of unfortunate that we've got conflicting uh, opinions here and nobody's communicating. So yeah, most of our businesses, you know, in general are kind of Amazon proof. Uh, and we've made a point of that over the last few years to only put businesses that aren't really going to be hurt by Amazon. Like we've got a UPS store, a karate studio, but I mean, a lot of, you know, nobody's going to a karate studio. There's a, you know, nobody's going to the uh, tutor center for kids. Um, you know, they're just, they're sitting empty right now. They're, they're still in business, but they're, they're hurting. I think when, um, when such a big, bad thing like this happens, everyone just starts fending for themselves, right? Mm-hmm. They're like, fuck the landlord. You know what I mean? It's, it's, you know, I'm not paying rent. Even if they have it in the bank, they're like, no. You know? Yeah, you know, and I, and I know uh, Osborne mentioned that. I called one of my banks for one of my properties and, and asked for a little bit of help. And then I thought about it and I called him back and I said, no, actually, I'm going to pay you because um, I was doing loans in 2009, 2010. And if people did that, it, was, it showed up as a loan modification on their, on their credit report. And they called me in 2011, they wanted a loan. And I told them no, because no lender wanted to deal with somebody who wasn't willing to pay their That's bills. True. And people don't um, so I said, hey, I'll, I'll bite the bullet. I'll make my payments on time. Uh, I, even if it's say, you know, even if it costs me more money, I want to keep that relationship in a good spot so that if I call you in a year and I want money, they're going to say, yeah, you were the guy who paid us. We're going to give you what you need. A couple so, of guys. Uh, I think are- that, that was more important to me than saving, you know, five or 10 grand that I could have saved by asking for that. It, it, the, you know, those relationships I think are huge. Yeah. Tim road got, uh, got, and he said this on a call, so I can say this. He, he asked for defeasance like the first week the pandemic hit uh, from his mortgage and the, and they granted it. And then he just paid them anyways. Right. He's like, I just pay it anyway. So he paid it anyways. And uh, the other day he went to look at his credit report and it's on there and it lowered his score. Yeah, I was talking to Dave Lauber about that. He and I were chatting, and I kind of told him my opinion. And he had done the same thing, and his credit went down like 80 points. Yeah. Um, you know, and then he, I think he called them and fixed it. But, yeah, I mean, they're, they're looking at that as a loan modification. So, and and that, that hurt a lot of people back then. Yeah, well, it is if you think about it. Hey, I mean, uh, yeah, it's got to stop somewhere. And, it, and it, it generally, it's gonna, it stops at, at the bank unless the bank gets bailed out by the government, which hasn't happened yet. So... You know, well, sort of, it has for some of these banks, but anyways, interesting. So, the wrong tribe confounds, the right tribe compounds. Get your free copy of the runaway bestseller Tribe of Millionaires, a $20 value at tribeofmillionaires.com free. Just pay the shipping. That's tribeofmillionaires.com. All right, so let's uh, let's move on here. What percentage does that make you? Like, how much are you spending Ooh, a month? I don't know where I. Um, what, what? How much are you spending? You make a hundred. You make ten grand a month in horizontal income. So if you spend, if you only spend ten grand, then then you're a hundred percenter. Yeah, I think I'm around a fifty percenter because I, you know, I live in San Francisco. I like I like cars and vacations, and I'm single, so dating's expensive. <laughs> you know, so it's, uh, I think I'm maybe 50%. Okay. What about your horizontal to net worth ratio? Like what, what percentage is uh, 130,000 a year compared to your net worth? Um, I put my net worth as about 3.2. So what is that? Uh, 3%? Yeah, exactly. 
yeah, yeah. roughly yeah okay that's the that's that's about average average is three five so that's that's not bad all right cool so let's see let's talk about your life happiness index casey where where are you at at that what's your average there so i my the one i did when we were in patagonia i was at 729 and now okay. i'm gonna bring that up real quick i, I put 7.1 um so it's down a little bit Dropped down a little bit yeah, you know, and, and the main things were, you know, right when this pandemic, so so I'm sure you heard through the grapevine that Imran and I did like a world tour to Africa. And <laughs> we were supposed did, to, I think beyond that, didn't go to China or something too. We went got, to, we were supposed to go to Vietnam. We were trying to recreate the GoBundance Vietnam thing. We got rerouted <laughs> when we stopped over in South Korea. And this was like late February. So it was only still in China, the, the coronavirus. We went to Thailand and Laos. Then we couldn't get home, so we went to Kenya. So I get home, Why not? Uh, you know, and the world is on fire when we finally Why get not? home. And, you know, and I, and I just bought everything I could find at the grocery store, which was almost nothing. It was every, the grocery stores were cleaned out, right? It was the apocalypse in mid-March. Uh, so I probably put on a good 10 pounds, you know, it, <laughs> because all they had at the grocery store was just crap, just DiGiorno pizzas and Velveeta and just junk because that's all that was left. So, you know, it, it's harder for me to get exercise. You know, I, the gym I go to has been closed for three months now. So I do a little workout at home. So, you know, that's kind of what's been, what's been hurting is my, my exercise. The last month, though, I've been really, what, really good at getting, you know, since I can't exercise as much, I've just made sure I'm eating extremely healthy. So that will keep, keep me from packing on the weight. Let's see, what, what else dipped here? My friends, I actually put that down a little bit. Uh, I kind of noticed that a lot of people are, are really stressing right now. And, you know, one of the reasons I actually joined GoBundance is I, I, I wanted to improve my friend group. You know, I have a lot of friends from college and high school, and they're on certain trajectories. We we're all on the same page coming out of college. You know, nobody had any money or any ambition or anything. And, and you, know, you know, I started in real estate. I didn't make any money for a year and a half, you know. So now, you know, 10, 12 years later, uh, you know, I've been working really hard to go on a certain path. A lot of my friends are on the same path that they were on 10 years ago. They're still, you know, just barely getting by. You know, we can't do anything fun because they can't afford it or can't get time off. So I wanted to, to really improve my friend group. So I've actually been losing a lot of my local friends over the last like six months to a year. But I've been adding a lot of friends in the, within the GoBundance group. You know, I've been kicking it with David and Miguel and Imran and all these guys. Um, so it's just tough right now because it's hard to go see them because, you know, I, I don't want to get on an airplane that much. It's a risk, you know? So yeah. let's see what else went down. My adventure and travel went way down because I'm not <laughs> going anywhere. Yeah. Uh, I'm going camping this weekend, which is, which is great. I do a lot of camping now because, you know, it's easy and you're not near anybody. And then uh, the gratitude thermometer, I went up, you know, I, I'm, I've got a sticky on my desk that's been there for 10 years. Life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you react to it. That's been on my desk since 2008. Nice. And I'm a huge believer in that. So I'm, I'm trying to use this as an opportunity. You know, as soon as this hit, I, I was just hitting the books and, and trying to study. And, and I've been making some major changes to, to the way my business is structured. I, I've been trying to do to automate a little more. I just hired a receptionist last week or two weeks ago. Um, so I'm using this downtime as a way to you know, come out of this even stronger. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, you know, it, it's funny how things have gone up and down on your life happiness index. And I would say the same as 
same as happening to you is happening to mine and probably a lot of the GoBros in that, right? Like your adventure, your adventure and travel or your adventure, whatever goes way down. And then your gratitude thermometer goes way up. It's a, it's kind of like, you don't, you don't really think about what you have until you're kind of silent looking back, looking at every, uh, the fucking world falling apart around you and whatever and be like, damn. Yeah, you know, and people are out of jobs, people are out of a lot of things, and I've, I'm not. So, you know, even though I've, I've taken a big hit financially with my business this year, I, I kind of knew something was going to happen this year, or I thought something might happen this year anyway. So I pulled out of a lot of projects. I sold a lot of things. I've still got a few things that I got caught with my pants down that I'm trying to sell. You know, I've got a property in Oregon, and I've got a property here in California that, that were flips uh, that I'm going oh, yeah. to take a hit on but not something that's going to be devastating. Like, um, could you rent them out? So one of them is a duplex here in in the, in the Bay area. We had just finished the construction on the project in like early March. So right when we tried to put it on the market, shit hit the fan. So we were supposed to sell it as as an empty duplex because of the location. It's right next to the Google campus. So we've rented out one of the units We've got it on the market right now, and so we might end up renting the other. Why isn't it selling? Because I thought that um, I thought inventory is low. A lot of people I talk to, inventory is low. Shit's flying off the market. Is that not true? Depends on the price point. I mean, this is a duplex we're listing for two and a half million dollars. Oh, yeah. oh, I mean, shit, two and a half know, million. It, and they're both you, they're three they're both three twos, twelve hundred square feet each. It's a good property, but it's it's priced at the top of the market. And, but it's, you know, a mile from the Google campus and a couple miles from the Apple campus. It's a prime location, but because of the way it's priced, we're looking for, you know, a lot of people in that area, uh, the, the type of people who live in that area tend to want to live in one unit and they put their mother-in-law in the back unit, right? Um, or another family member. So we're, the, we're aiming for, you know, the Google employees who make a million a year and they can buy all cash, things like that. So since the since the financing's dried up a little bit, it's harder for somebody to come in with that. We might have to reduce the price. We did rent one of the units, so that cut my you know expenses down. If we can't sell it, we might just rent it out uh, and have both units rented. I will be netting positive every month if we do that. However, I've got a ton of money tied up in it, so it's not ideal. Yeah. I like to get my money out so that I can buy things in... 180 right. days when when the economy really does crash and i think it will yeah yeah interesting yeah i mean you know one of the things if you look at all this stuff that's you know when we've had ups and downs in these markets before is it generally is short-lived especially the last couple of decades you know what i mean so if you can hang in there and you know rent the thing out for a year or so in with that then Hopefully, you should be able to sell it shortly thereafter if it doesn't. Do you think, uh, uh, do you think we're going to get a big crash here in, you know, in the next six months? God, you know, here's the one thing I learned about this whole COVID thing is I don't know anything. I'm like the stupidest. <laughs> I used to think I knew everything, man. You know, even just this morning, right? I'm like, you know, I, I've been thinking it's going to crash for five years. The last five years, I've been in cash, a lot of cash, and just not in the stock market at all. And then... You know, I'm reading all this stuff, and, and then I listened to this podcast this morning. It says Amazon stock is up 595% in five years. I'm like, damn, I could have put a million dollars in Amazon and have six. You know, how, how easy would that have been? <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. I just don't, I, I just, I'm just, 
just feeling like I don't know. And then we yeah, have I guys. Put, I put a hundred grand in Tesla at 180 and I took it out at 220. <laughs> and now right. it's at what, 1200? <laughs> yes, <laughs> right. It's like, what? You know, yeah. I mean, like, we don't know anything. I mean, like, and, and there's a lot of guys in, in the GoBundance chat as of yesterday that were, are, are talking about, hey, you know, this is the new store of value is invest in the stock market, which I really don't know much about. And I'm like, oh, my God, I, I just don't know. I'm just, I, I, just don't, I can't even answer anybody's question. Anymore. I, got a, I got a good friend who's a, he's a you know, an investment planner and he's in his 60s. He's been doing it forever. And every time I talk to him, he's like, I don't understand it either anymore. What, if you try and make sense of it, you're just going to go crazy. Uh, you know, he's like, so my, my opinion is the people who are affected by this the most are not people who are already in the stock market. Millennials don't have any money in the stock market because they don't have any money to begin with. You know, all their money goes to pay their student loans. The people who are in the stock market are the people who own the businesses who the big ones, you know, and, you know, somebody said BlackRock or one of those has, you know, owns such a huge percentage of the market. They kind of just make it move how they want. You know, and the, the little guys like us get squeezed out. So I don't know enough about the stock market to even get near it. I grew up knowing real estate. This is what I know, and I'm just going to stick to it, you know. Interesting. Casey, what would you say uh, drives you? I mean, I like being my own boss, and I like freedom to do whatever I want. What drives me? You know, I just want to live, you know, like the best life. I, I don't believe that there's an afterlife. I don't believe that some, some mysterious force is telling anybody what to do or going to save my ass. It's only me. So, you know, we only get one of these and uh, I want to live it the best. So, you know, that's what drives me. I, I only got, you know, I'm 37. I, I'm at, based on how old my father and grandfather when they died i'm i'm more than halfway done so i want to i want to make this shit the best i can yeah that that's interesting that you say that i mean that's you know a lot of people i think i think everybody really not like a lot of people i think just everybody uh, always takes life for granted right pretty much yeah. everybody right yeah and i don't uh, you know i'm pretty contrary in a lot of my views and i I just, I like to go against the, the status quo on everything, you know, and when somebody says uh, one thing, I, I always question it, you know, and why is this the way it is? You know, I know a lot of people who just go with the flow on everything and, you know, they're going to, they're going to, that's how their life is going to be mediocre. And I want to question everything. And, you know, that, that rubs people the wrong way sometimes. And I'm okay with that, um, you know, because I want to find a better way to do something, you know, and if I can find it you know, with my job, if I can, if I get it, you know, if it takes me a hundred hours or two hours to get the same job done, I get paid the same amount, you know? So why not find ways to make it as most efficient as possible so that instead of me spending eight hours a day in the office, I spend four hours and then I go play golf, you know, and I get the same amount of work done. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's a great question, right? Why, 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 why not me? You know what I mean? Uh, or any, any of those why questions are great what would you say your superpower is casey superpower uh, you know never i you know i got pretty thick skin you know i had to um you know i remember joining jumping into real estate and telling some of my friends to do it my a lot of my friends were like dude i don't like sales i don't like dealing with that i think my superpower is is hearing the word no and saying okay cool i'll call you tomorrow you know and not <laughs> getting not okay. letting that get to me yeah you know, I think that's that's one of the, the most important things to be able to get in sales is not let anything like that 
get under your skin for very long, you know, and I, and I have pretty good control over that. I also have pretty good control over how I, you know, my attitude in my, my mood, I feel like that's something that I can control a little bit more. And, you know, I, I like, a you know, I think I can keep, I'm kind of a serial optimist in that sort of manner. Like I, I can keep, uh, a, a positive mood, even if something's going wrong, you know. That's that's uh, yeah, that's a great quality too. What 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 about this? Let's go negative. What's your kryptonite? Women. Women. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Explain, I mean, explain. How, know, how is that a kryptonite? I mean, I I you know, last night I was yesterday afternoon I was I was in a working and I had a lot of work I needed to do and this girl wanted to hang out so I pushed off some of the work to do to go get laid, you know? So I think that that, uh, you know, not saying no to, to situations that I could be doing something better. Uh, oftentimes I will do that to, you know, to meet girls and stuff. I think, you know, since I am single, it's always, you know, meeting more. I, I kind of have that more mentality, you know, and, and I, Try and think about what Jeff Hoffman was saying about the Ferrari, you know, at that, uh, you know, going 130 miles an hour and finding, you know, your groove and, you know, how big does your boat have to be? I still am stuck in that cycle of how big, you know, how much bigger I could make it. And it probably keeps me from sm stopping to smell the roses sometimes. But um, I think that I I've done that with women. I do it with cars. I do it with my house. I, you know, it's like how, I, you know, if, if some is good, more is better. And I think sometimes that's, good but i think sometimes it bites me in the ass yeah i think that's true of, of all of us at go abundance i think it's uh i mean it's hard not to i think as you get older you get more your time management becomes better you don't you're gonna, never gonna lose that thirst and that hunger right like if a, if a good sweet deal comes around or you can see something you can make a quick million bucks on man you're going to be on that shit quicker than quick <laughs> but you you might be more patient in, in like waiting and not uh, not do the 10 other deals that are iffy i just don't think that that that, that ever like goes away um but it, it certainly should dissipate or um i don't know what time that I mean, that that that's a tough one right because everyone's got their own balance too right like there's, there's people probably listening to that that would probably are probably like damn that was a smart move to go get some pussy you know it just depends where they are in their life you know so sure, sure. Um, but uh, anyways okay so let's move on let's well what are your um let's talk about your um five greatest hits so if i had to look back 37 years best five greatest hits you know the the five uh, poignant moments in your life that, um, that flash through your eyes if, if you're on your deathbed right now, those five things that are going to flash through your eyes in this movie screen of life, what are they for Casey Wright? Well, I mean, starting my own company was, was huge. I always wanted to do that. And, you know, doing that with a partner and then taking the reins was a, a risk. You know, it was scary. When we first started it, you know, my business dipped because – I had to change my numbers and the other company obviously uh, wanted to keep my clients. So, you know, they tried to replace me and, and make me look bad, you know, because that's just how the game works. You know, graduating college was a big thing. I, I, like I said earlier, I went to school for engineering. I hated it. I took some time off. I just worked. And then I kind of got my shit together and went, went back to school and got it. So actually getting through college was a, was a big deal for me at the time. 
you know, I think joining the, the GoBundance group uh, has been a huge benefit for me, you know, meeting people who have similar interests, similar ambition, uh, I think was very important. I was kind of, uh, you know, I was doing well for myself. My business has really taken off since then having people around me who, uh, you know, are, you know, I, I you know, was playing golf with the guys the other day and we are talking about important stuff, you know, business and ideas and things. When I'm with my college buddies, we talk about beer and basketball. You know, it's, it's just surface level stuff. You know, every yeah. time I try and have a deep conversation with any of my friends about real estate or building businesses, they check out. They, that's not what they want to they do. Check out. You know? So I have to kind of keep that in a, in a, in a box, you know, in the, where, where I can hang out with them sometimes. So the, the GoBundance thing I think is huge, you know, in some of these bucket list adventures, you know, like the Japan one was really eye opening. I got to, that was the first one I went on to see all these guys who are similar to me who, you know, don't apologize for being awesome. You know, I thought that was such a great line. And because I always felt bad, you know, when I'm saying, hey, you guys want to go to Cancun this year? And everybody says, no, I can't afford $400. And I'm thinking, <laughs> that's not that much, you know. But 10, 15 years ago, it was a lot, you know. And, and unfortunately, you know, fortunately for me, I, I've been very blessed and I've done very well, you know, I, timing is a lot of it you know I started at the very bottom of the economy so it could only get better you know so so I think those are some of the big ones yeah I agree I agree so let's let's move in the future let's go third let's go let's go let's say you live to be 100 Casey so you've got 63 wow 63 years there right so give me five future greatest hits what do you want what, what do you want the five future greatest hits for a total of 10 You've already had five. What do you want your next five to be? Most of them, I'm looking at my list here. Most of them are kind of travel things. I, I kind of am not Nothing really. Kids or. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to get at is I haven't really decided whether I want a wife and kids. Uh, hmm. You know, my, my dad was married twice. My mom was married and divorced twice, you know, and, and, and that kind of, you know, that leaves a mark uh, as a kid, you know, and. It does, but you know, half of the world, uh, you know, uh, comes from divorced parents. So sure, sure. You can't you know, use that. Yeah. But but maybe you just don't want them. You know, maybe. But you I, you know, when I was younger, I always thought wanted a wife and kids. But every every year, I think, oh, I'll be ready in three years to have a wife and settle down and kids. And I've been saying the same thing since I was 21 years old. You probably should just let go of it, right? Like they say, soon well, you I let go did. and say, I'm you never going to have kids and I'm never going to get married. All of a sudden, this something well, yeah. is going to slap me in the face. Yeah. yeah, I know. So, I mean, you know, I like, uh, I, I like alone time. I, I don't like being, you know, when I'm with my friends, it's one thing, but if I'm dating a girl and I, after two, three days of hanging out with the same person, I go crazy. I just don't want to be around anybody for a little while. I really like that. So I'm not sure if I, I do want to get married. I, I'd like to think that at some point I'll, I'll decide I want to have kids. Um, you know, when I was growing up, I had a half sister and a half brother who were like 13 and 17 years younger than me. So I kind of grew up with kids and, you know, helped raise them a little bit. And, and they're all right. I'm not sure if I want to do that, though. I, I haven't decided. Yeah. And I'm kind of just leaving it's it up okay. to the world. It's if okay, I meet somebody man. who I'm crazy about, then I'll do it. I mean, until yeah. then, I'm going to have a good so, time. So, okay. So, well, you got the, so to answer the questions, what are the five places you want to go to? 
Well, I want to climb some big mountain. I put 18,000 foot mountain. I think I'd love to climb Kilimanjaro. Did you, did you do that with yeah, the Yeah, I did that. That's 19.6. So. Okay. I was near there it. just a few months ago, but we I couldn't know, quite you could have done it. it, probably. No? Did they close it down? At that time, no. There were no cases then. I mean, Imran and I literally decided to go to Africa while driving to the airport. I mean, we, it was just so last minute. <laughs> I mean, oh, we had no idea. How awesome is that, right? It was crazy. You know, so we can't go like home. Me, so Where do you could... want to go? Is that oh, what yeah. We just, we just added story. seven days to our trip on the fly because we couldn't get home directly from Thailand. We would have to go through Taiwan or Korea or the Philippines, which are all hotspots. So we were just, we were literally looking at a map. We were using Monica with Yampu, and she's like, well, what about, you can go through Nairobi. And I said, well, I'm not touching down in Africa unless I go on a safari because I've never been there before. So Imran was like, yeah, fuck it, let's do it. It was great. So that was that was one of the best trips ever. That was that was really cool. You know, it was like 16 days or something. And most of the hotels we were at, there was not one other person there because most, you know, in, in Southeast Asia, most of the tourists are Chinese. They were all in lockdown. And uh, yeah, so that was fun. I want to go uh, see. I have, I wrote African Safari on my bucket list, but I just did that. Uh, I want to... Probably redo the, the Africa trip you guys did with the shark diving in the South Africa. I think that'd be pretty cool. I want to go drive Europe uh, in a car, drive on the Nuremberg Ring. Um, I love driving. I think that'd be really cool to, to drive across Europe, you know, and just stop and, and do that. And then, you know, I, I don't have, I wrote uh, Drive Laguna Seca. I grew up near Laguna Seca Raceway in Monterey. Um, I've always wanted to drive on that. I, I used to go sell ice cream there as a Boy Scout when I was, you know, 10 years old or something. <laughs> So that'd be a, a really cool uh, experience to do. And then, yeah, just, just, you know, pick new spots to travel and just create some, some new adventures uh, to see the world. Awesome. Awesome. Well, those are good. Um, all right. Well, let's wrap this up with, some, uh, with one video. I mean, one uh, uh, business question. So give me your – what are your two biggest uh, business goals I'm going to make this a little different, like for the next 10 years. You could say with the next year, or, but, but it's a screwed up year for you. It's hard. I know it's hard for you as many people to make like uh, decisions about what's a realistic business goal. So let's go out 10 years. Just give me one. What's one big BHAG, big, hairy, audacious goal that, that Casey has for the next decade? next 10 years i want to be easily a hundred percenter you know if not 150 percenter i want to automate my current mortgage business i you know with with the way it is right now i am the i don't know what the word i'm looking for is but the i can only do as much business as i have the hours in the day for right like the uh what's the e-myth book you know you can't yeah, make yeah, pies yeah. 24 hours a day so I, I want to automate that so that i can kind of cut myself out of the business my plan is either to hire somebody to kind of take over or, or maybe build it up and sell it. I haven't decided how I want to do that. Maybe I just automate it. I know Dave Lauber did that with his mortgage business where he's just got people who do it for him and he, he just leveraged has, it. Is the house, you know? Wonder if he would, uh, wonder if he would. So it's to use that and then just continue buying investment properties so that I am making money while I'm sleeping. That's the now, plan. That makes sense. I wonder if David would, uh, share his with you for a cut or, 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 or I'm, I'm sure he'd teach you how to do it too. It's just a matter of you doing it, you know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we're still a pretty small shop. I got, uh, you know, one analyst and I got a new receptionist that I hired and 
you know, that, that does pretty good, but yeah, I'm, I'm the bottleneck. That's the word I was looking for that, that, you know, I can only do as many deals as I have time to make phone calls. Right. Every day. You know, I, I'm the one who's the expert on what the programs are. My analyst does all the processing when we get done and she's fantastic, but you know, I can't do a hundred loans a day. I just don't have time. <laughs> and I frankly don't want to make time. You know, I don't want to work 16 hours a day uh, to do it. Right. It's not right. it, the money at that point isn't worth it for me. My freedom is more important. Mm-hmm. Juice is not worth the squeeze. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. Cool. Well, Casey, this has been a blast. I appreciate you coming on here and being so candid with everybody. And uh, hopefully uh, we'll be able to get together face to face in the near future uh, at some yeah. juncture locally or Sounds not. Sounds like a plan. I'm guessing they're not going to do a summer abundance thing this year, right? In Austin? Not in, not in Austin, but Breckenridge. Oh, they're doing a Really? Yes, Breckenridge. I'll, um, I'll send you the link because we, we were sold out. We did... We had it for 50 people and because the hotel told us 50 and then yesterday, literally yesterday, they told us uh, we could have another room next door and uh, we have 31 uh, members on the waiting list. So I'll send you the link if you want to come. Yeah, I don't know why I didn't see that. Usually I I get the emails from you guys. So Yeah. And I know. uh, So anyway, so yeah. So all right, cool, brother. All right. Good talking to you, Pat. In life, to be honest, i failed as much as I've succeeded. But I love my wife. I love my life. And I wish you my kind of success. Don't step to me, bitch. Now you can